kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. God has given all of us that are willing to go after it power and gifts. And he gave them to us freely. He didn't charge us for them. And he's saying, don't hold back. Go out and give. He sent his disciples out to minister. He gave them the power to perform miracles. He gave them the power to overtake evil. You have that same power available to you. You just got to go after it. I'll be honest with you, coming to church and spending two hours in a worship service on Sunday will not get you there. That's not going to get you anything. Power. It may make you feel good. There's a lot of feel-good churches around. You're going to have to spend time in his word. Amen. You're going to have to spend time on your knees praying Amen. in that war room. You're going to have to give up and sacrifice some things and spend that time with the Lord and seek his face. You're going to have to sacrifice. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus spoke, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says, then teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Not the ones you like, but all things. All things. Because a lot of people in today's society, especially in the Western culture, we want to handpick what commandments of Jesus we want to obey. Those are the ones we'll push on somebody else. But we don't want to talk about the ones that we don't like. But those are there too. So he says, teach them all things that I have commanded you. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's Jesus saying? If you're surrendering your life to me, if you're willing to be one of my disciples, I'm willing to be with you everywhere, all the time. I will never leave you. He tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We had a campus pastors meeting a couple weeks ago. And the goal of the potter's house is to bring in the harvest. And we will do that. We will participate in that. We will have every group that we have teaching people how to reach the lost. Because we need to reach the lost. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus is coming back. He's coming sooner than you think. Matthew 9.37 says, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest send you laborers to go out into the harvest. We need to go out into the harvest. There are many different ways to do that. But that, like I said, will be the focus of all of our groups. To get those people out, figure out a way. We have a lot of different personalities. We have a lot of different ideas. We have a lot of different people that can communicate in a lot of different ways. We've heard testimonies up here of people in the workplace who've had people in distress and stuff, and they've gone and prayed and they've shared the love of God with them. That's one way. You've had people that would go and knock on doors. That's another way. But just praying for people and just reaching people and saying, hi, can I pray for you? Can I show you the love of God? Because that's what he wants us to do. In order to be effective disciples of Jesus, in order to do what he has commanded us to do, we have to operate in his power, not our own. Amen. We don't have the power to operate ourselves. What did Joel say? In Joel chapter 2, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In Luke 24, it says, Before I send the promise of my Father upon you, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That power is available to you right now. Amen. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth to all the ends of the earth. God has an immeasurable amount of greatness. He has an immeasurable amount of power that is available to each and every one of you, to all that believe. But some of us fall short in our belief. We want to believe God for one thing, but not for another. We want to obey this commandment, but not the other. Maybe the one you're not obeying is the one that's keeping you from receiving what God has for you. You have to obey all things. I mean, his greatness, his power is immeasurable. And it's available to you through your faith. Not my faith. It's not going to get you power. Your faith has to get it. Amen. Ephesians 1 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to those who believe, according to the workings of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places? This is that same power that raised Jesus out of that tomb. 
that power is available to you. Exodus 14. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. Mm -hmm. In other words, let the Lord fight your battles and just keep quiet. In Christ, we have the authority to forbid the enemy's activity and release his hold on us. Sin has no control over you unless you let it. Unless you let it in. God has already set us free from darkness. The only way we're taken back into captivity is if we allow it. God's promises are always fulfilled. I can look around the room and say, your promises aren't always fulfilled. You've all broken a promise to somebody somewhere along the line. But God has never broken one. God wants you to do mighty things in his name, not in your name. Mm -hmm. God's glory and his ability to be known, his ability to be recognized. We can know him, we can understand this power. We have to understand it's invisible. We have faith in God. We trust in God. We say that, we sing that. A lot of people believe that, but you have to act in that. You have to let that take place. It's the Holy Spirit that living in us that works through us to do these mighty works. There's things in our lives that have happened and some things that I know some of you have been through, some real struggles you've had in your life that I know without the power of God, you would have never gotten through it. I mean, addictions were broken. Chains were broken. People were healed. Illnesses were healed. All because of God. Nothing on our own. Nothing that we could do. The same Father that dwells in Jesus is dwelling in you. The same power. He wants you to move with him. He wants you to do things with him. How do we understand this power? How do we, how do we yield to God? How do we allow God to work through us? 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And it is the love of God that gives you access to the power of God. You have to have the love of God working through us. There is every situation requires that. The love working through us. When we yield to the love of God, it activates love in our hearts and we allow God to work through us. 
If we don't activate, if we just let the love of God lay dormant, it just lays there and does nothing. It's the love of God that is the key to accessing the power of God. It's the love of God that works through our hearts. This love isn't the kind of love you're thinking of. It's not the kind of love when you say to somebody, oh, I love you. Oh, I'm in love with that person. Oh, I love my brother and sister. No, it's not that kind of love. It's not the kind of love that we think of when we use the word and we throw it around like it was nothing, the word love. But the Hebrew word is kishteh. It's the Hebrew word for this love. And this love encompasses mercy. It encompasses grace and favor and loyalty and covenant loyalty and believing loyalty, loving loyalty, strength, devotion, steadfast love, unfailing love, loving kindness, kindness, compassion, and faithfulness. All those words in English make up this one Hebrew word. But then there's even more to it than that. It is taking that and putting it into action. Amen. You have to make it work. God commanded us to heal the sick. He did not command us to pray for the sick. He said, go and heal the sick. Now, if you have compassion over someone that is sick, if you have loving kindness towards that person, if you're feeling the same kind of love that Jesus would feel when he laid hands or when he said, be healed in, the, in my name, get up and walk. When he told the guy at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? Then get up and walk. When he told people, your sins are forgiven. When he healed the man with the withered hand. He did it out of compassion. He did it out of kindness. He did it out of mercy. He took all that kishteh, all that love of God, and he put it into work, into action. And that's what you need to do. You need to take that and use it. You have to look at someone that is sick, look at someone that is demon-possessed, look at someone who's just having an addiction problem, and you need to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You have to look at them with that same look, with that same power that Jesus had. Because he said he instilled all his power on you. He gave you the same Holy Spirit. He didn't hold back and say, oh, I'll give pastor 85%. I'll give this one 62%. But he gave it all. He wants you to use it all. Amen. In Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, 
He had a desire in his heart to love his children. He knew that they would be people. That's what he came for. He wants to make you alive with him. Jesus operated in the power of God. We all know that. Well, so do we. We need to look at those things exactly the same way. We have that same power. In Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. It was because of the love that was working through him, the love of the people. It's what activated that power. That's what's going to activate the power in your life. That's what's going to make the difference. The power of God will not just show up. It has to be working through the love of God. We have to take the love of God instilled in us and embark it on other people. Amen. The love of God, that's what places that demand. The body of Christ has seen very limited manifestations of God's power. Because as a whole, we've really refused to yield to God. We're rebellious. We're self-centered. We're egotistical. God doesn't want any of that. God said, hey, humble yourself. And I will heal you. I will restore you. But you can't walk around all puffed up. If we're going to see God working in our lives, if we're going to be able to set people free, like he said, set the captives free, heal the sick, cast out the demons. If we're going to do that as a body of Christ, we're going to have to use the power of God. We're going to have to do it through love, through compassion, through loving kindness, through mercy, through grace, through all those things that encompass God's love. We have to make a decision to love with that same kind of love that God has. The same love God has for us. The same love God had when I was addiction and he took it away. The same love God had for me when I was laying in a hospital bed with just having my chest cut open. And God grabbed my hand and said, I will never leave you nor forsake me. We have to go out and touch the people the same exact way. It's not all about your flesh. It's not all about that. You have to dissolve that. Get rid of it. Some of you have great gifts. God has taken you so far. I've seen growth in so many different people so fast. Some over years. The manifestation of God's anointing on you comes from, Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians verse 1. 
or chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God are in him, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he establishes us with you in Christ, and has anointed us is God. The anointing is a liquid power. It comes from the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is the presence and the power of God. But not everyone's going to experience that. Some people, they just don't measure up. They're not ready to receive it. Others are too busy. They got too many things they need to do. They don't, they don't want the responsibility because along with the power of God and along with the anointing comes responsibility. We are to live righteous and holy lives. We're to pursue that. And if we don't, God will take that away. The manifestation of his power will be experienced by those that take him at his word. Do you take God's word? Do you believe it? Do you believe that what God said is in his word is true? You believe what God said he commands you to do is what it is? Then this is available. When we see, we pray for you today. Depressed, there's people that are depressed. There's people that are dealing with health issues. There's people that are addicted to one thing or another. But I know God will heal you. In the name of Jesus, I know that. I mean, I'm no one that's going to look up and say, oh, 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 let me call the people in the church and have them pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right then. I'm going to demand that you be healed in the name of Jesus. Because it's Jesus' power. It's God's power that's going to heal you. It's not me. He might use me as a vessel. He may not. But I call upon Jesus right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. When we're here in the mornings and we pray over people, we pray the power of God comes over the people right then and there. We don't pray that, oh, at 3.30 this afternoon when so-and-so is driving here, you come now. We pray right now. God, come right now. Give them the strength they need to face whatever battle they're facing. Lord, give them the strength to make whatever decision they need to make. Lord, heal them right now in your name. Right now. Why? Because we want it right now. Amen. Jesus didn't lay out to the multitudes and say, Okay, you're healed, but you won't be healed till Tuesday. You're Thursday afternoon at 3, and you're Friday, and you're maybe Sunday if you show up for church. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He heals you right now. Right now. Right now. I mean, don't you want God's power to flow through you? Amen. I mean, don't you? 
Don't you want to be an Elijah? Where you can just build an altar, dig a trench around it, soak it with water, call down the fire from heaven, and it fires, and it burns. Don't you want to see God use you in such mighty ways? I mean, God has a whole ocean full of things. If you look at the vastness of the ocean, he has a vast amount of things to use you for. But some people, some people in churches, this church, other churches, they get caught up in the religious trappings that they were brought up in. I mean, I was brought up in a United Methodist Church before they went totally crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, back in that day, they still did talk about Jesus. Which is the only thing I think that saved me, was the fact that I was talking about Jesus when I was his baby. Because when I find myself down in the dumps, down where I hit rock bottom and there was nowhere, it looked like there was no way up. And there was no way out. The only name I could think of was Jesus. The only name I could call upon, I couldn't call upon friends, I didn't have any left. I couldn't call upon my relatives, I burned every one of them up. I had to call upon the name of Jesus, but I knew the name. So you never know when you're sharing Jesus with somebody, if they don't receive it right away, maybe you planted a good seed. Maybe that landed on good heart. But be assured that we have the anointing with the Spirit. I mean, this worship team that ushered in the presence of God this morning, they sang under anointing. You could feel it up here. Amen. You knew that the presence of God was on them. We have the power to set the captives free. Do the work that you were called to do. The anointing of God puts the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It puts a mark or an impression. We are royal priests and priests in the priestess in the kingdom of heaven. We are owned by Jesus Christ. He redeemed us. We are not free, we are his. Amen. We are his. You're never free. You either belong to the devil or you belong to Jesus. One or the other. There's no middle road, there's no fence, there's no, oh, I'm free, I can do what I want. No, God gave you free will, make your own choices. But live with the consequences. God's anointing on your life is a mark of distinction. Distinction. It separates you from your family. It separates you from your household, your life, your finances, your physical well-being, your emotional health. It separates you from everyone. You are his. He has anointed you with power from on high. That is a rare gift that God has bestowed upon you, those of you that have that, those of you that are able to operate in that. 
it is a very rare gift that God has given you. Cherish. Consider what God's anointing did for Jesse, the father of David. Just one out of eight kids. I mean, here he is out tending sheep, annoyed, ignored by everybody. But when God saw David's heart, he poured out his spirit on him. He gave him an anointing. I mean, David didn't accomplish success in his life because he was talented or charismatic. He accomplished it because of the power of God. Amen. I mean, the world's full of charismatic people. But God anointed him. He gave just, or David the power to become a leader, a ruler over all. David said these words to Goliath. You come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And what happened? One little stone took down a giant. Why? Because he came to him in the name of the Lord. You need to go to people in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord. The anointing activates this power. In your life, it gives you the ability to do what seems to be impossible. It gives you strength when you're weak. It gives you joy when you're sad. It fills that sorrow. Because there's times you can sit around and, and feel totally alone, totally isolated. I mean, you can even do that in a crowd of people, feel like you're alone, you're isolated, you're on an island. But you can call upon Jesus, Amen. and he'll fill that, he'll fill that void if you allow him. If you allow his presence to come over you, he will take you places you've never been before. It's the anointing that makes you bold as a lion, gives you the courage when the others around you are shrinking in fear. Come boldly before the throne of God. Don't go up to Jesus and God like a wind. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come boldly. Lord, here I am. Heal me. Cleanse me. Break these chains that bind me, oh Lord. Set me free. Under this anointing, under the power of the Holy Spirit, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No enemy will be victorious. Every yoke will be destroyed. Every burden will be lifted. And every crooked way will be made straight. Can you say amen to the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you feel like a victim today. Do the circumstances beyond your control. But the awesome power of God and, and his power is here. Your 
victory could be awesome. Your victory could be this close. That victory you're seeking, that healing you're looking for, could be one prayer away. Could be one conversation with God away. Don't ever stop. Just continue to go after him. If you believe that you're facing some impossible situation, whether it's in your own life or it's your finances or whatever it is, God makes the impossible possible. Amen. God does. God does. He can turn that situation around. You cannot get close to God and build a relationship with him without seeking more and more of him, without going after the power, without asking for the Holy Spirit, without telling him I want to operate under that anointing. I want that power. I want to be able to pray over people. But you have to see people with the same eyes that Jesus did. Amen. With the same compassion, with the same grace, with the same mercy. Because that's how Jesus saw us. I guarantee Jesus sees me a lot different than some of you do. No, I know that people say, oh, that, that, that. Nasty, oh, you annoy me, oh, my mother, and the other thing. Jesus says, just come, keep coming. Just keep coming. I'll pour out more and more on you. Amen. I know where, I know the hole that Jesus dug me out of. I know the hole that when he reached down and pulled me out, I know how deep it was. I knew there was no way I was getting out of there without him. And there's people that you know, people that you meet, people that you run across that are stuck, just like you are, or just like I was, just like you were at one time or another. And you need to reach out. Reach out with the power of God and touch them. Let them feel what has changed you so drastically. Because like I said, some of you have changed so drastically. You're not even the same person you were five years ago. Some of you are the same person you were two years ago. Some of you are the same person you were a year ago. That's how much you have changed because of God. Amen. And if you've changed that much in a year, just think what could happen in the next year or the year after that. Some of you people are gonna be walking around on water. Jesus is gonna use some of you in very mighty ways. He is gonna use you in some very mighty ways, ways you could never even think of. Ways you can't even comprehend because you keep chasing him. You keep going after him. You keep telling him, I want more, I want more, I want more. Amen. And the more you go for, the more he'll give you. As long as your heart's right, he's going to keep pouring. What did he say he would pour that cup? He would just pour it. Amen. 
and it just keeps overflowing and overflowing. It's what he wants to do. Can you imagine if all of us in this church had a powerful, powerful anointing on us? We could just walk into the hospital and then take everybody out of there. We can just walk in and take them out and say, it's time to go. Get up. Let's go. Change your clothes. You're going home. That would be a wonderful thing. God can do it. God can do it. God wants us to win those that don't know him. I mean, he did put out a warning. He said, hey, when he sent out the 72, and I always say this, if you're going to go out, go two by two. Go two by two. There's a reason Jesus sent the people out two by two. And he said, if the people where you go, if you feel peace, let your peace be there. But if you don't, move on. Dust off your sandals. We as human beings have this tendency to believe that, well, you know, I've been talking to this person for three and a half years. They're still not safe, but someday they will be. Let it go. There's 40 million people out there, that, or 100 million people, or whatever, that haven't heard the word of the Lord. can't change everybody. But God, if you ask God for divine appointments, he will give them to you. He will show you who can change. But I know this, God has great and mighty things in store for you. For all of you, if you just go after him. If you just go after him. Let's stand. Praise the Lord.